You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild, every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your Joe. <laughs> I am your Joe. Yes, I am your host, Joe Bully from ZoneCoverage.com. And with me, as always, is Tony Abbott from Zone Coverage as well. Tony, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great between the existential dread and the the, the very too little sleep. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. You? Yeah. yeah well, I'm. Uh, I was informed today that uh, I must work more overtime this weekend. So, uh, you know how we had our conversation last night off air, kind of talking about how uh, now, hey, you're working from home, but now your boss kind of owns your home life now too. I kind of feel like that definitely hit today. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, that really stinks. Yeah, well, you're burning the candle at both ends. So, <laughs> eh, I mean, like my life isn't like hard or anything like that. So. Oh, or were you talking about you? No, I was talking about you. Okay, yeah. You're I, burning the candle at both ends. I mean, you you, you wrapped up your uh, your article, uh, I believe, this morning at like 6-something in the morning, right? Uh, I mean, like, whatever. Uh, it is <laughs> Just whatever. 6 in the morning. That's, uh, that's, that's, the, that's the price I'm willing to pay for good content, you know? I suppose, yeah. And then it was, uh, I guess you're kind of back on your same hours that you had when you used to work overnights. No, I I was thinking that last night, but uh, but no, I'm not I'm not going back there again. <laughs> well, I guess that's a, that's a good thing. So, yeah, I mean, they uh, I, I guess there's some good news, maybe that uh, that that potentially the uh, the the stay at home order is going to be lifted. I don't know if the, the it's good news in a sense that's like, yeah, nobody's forced to stay home. At the same time, it's a lot more risk out there too. So um, I don't know how good of a news that really is, but uh, ultimately, um, you know, people get to get back to work and hopefully, um, you know, my the, mom can tell me to get a haircut again. <laughs> You're not going to though, right? No, no, I didn't think so. <laughs> I just took a, like a buzzer or a, a one of those uh, clippers to my to my head, and that's how I ended up getting my hair cut. Yeah, I think um, you should just be able to cut your own hair. Like, why do we need why do we need to go and have someone cut? It, it's your hair; you cut it. That's what I say. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I can't do the blending part, but I mean, I can, I can give myself a good, you know, quarter inch hairdo. When so. did people start cutting hair? That's what I want to know. And how do they do it before scissors? Yeah, oh man. Well, you see, you know it's funny cuz you always see like the those medieval movies yeah. or even like the fantasy movies and so and shows and a lot of them have long hair, but you always got like the one guy that clearly didn't care about, about the the role and so he's got shorter hair and it's like, "Well, how does that fit in that time frame?" Yeah, do they just like cut your hair with a sword? Like they got like an especially skilled swordsman to uh, to just yeah. swing at your head area. I, I feel like you would have to really trust someone to do that. Yeah, I mean, I get like the the Martin Luther bowl cut. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Actually, but, uh, it kind of doesn't. How did that happen? Well, they had wood bowls. Yeah, but the the uh, what did they? I don't know. It's uh. I don't know how anybody lived before, like, uh... Isn't it crazy? 1997. <laughs> Why 1997? I don't know. Like, I just can't really picture life before then. 
it is weird to think uh, with all the modern amenities that we have, like just freaking people wandering like the wilderness, just trying to survive and fighting like bears for their food every day. Yeah, like that that is insane. Like like imagine living like two thousand years ago, right? When you only mm-hmm. have like four channels. <laughs> you would yeah, go weird. hunt a woolly mammoth and you'd have to come home and like watch PBS. Yeah, I mean it was way before, you know, direct TV where you had a thousand channels, you had to turn the uh, the channel on the knob. Oh god. We had to watch hockey in that four by three awful standard definition. You know, say what you will for, like, medieval people, but they had to endure a lot of stuff like that. And I think that uh, we should really give them more credit. I was watching Pulp Fiction the other night. Oh, yeah? And uh, it was the part um, when uh, when um, he was going to punish Zed for what he was doing to him. Okay. And he's like, you hear that, man? I'm going to get medieval on your ass. <laughs> it's just a badass line, I guess. I thought it was funny. You ever see that movie? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Oh, I've yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, lots, it's very quotable. Like late in life, uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I did uh, I I did see Pulp Fiction once. Yeah, um, have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, I was going to. I think they made it free to stream at some point. Okay, and uh, and I was going to do it, and I never got around to it. Which kind of sucks because you know, the last two months would have been the time to do it. <laughs> right. I've been told to see it. I've heard it's very, very good. Uh, but you know, it's funny. For as much time as I have, I don't feel like I have much time. Mm, for sure, true. <laughs> you know, it's been uh, spent using other things, anyways. Uh, so today, I kind of wanted to get into just kind of. I don't know. Let's learn a little bit more about Tony. Um, oh. Kind of how you got how you got into some writing, how you got uh, started, where you started doing that, and then um, um, maybe uh, kind of talk about how you uh, became a Wild fan. So um, I'd like to try to get into that. Maybe we could talk back and forth, talk about some memories, and uh, you know, just kind of have, have an easy Friday conversation. All right. Well, whatever you want, Joe. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll get back to it. Uh, we'll uh, we'll figure out and find out about Tony. You're listening to Locked On Wild, brought to you by Built Bar. Hey, Locked On Wild listeners, it's Joe Bully back with you to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is that protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and really is like a candy bar. I was eating one the other day. My kids saw what I was eating, and they thought, hey, what are you eating? Because it's, it's covered in 100% chocolate. And, uh, you know, it comes in, in, in 16 great, amazing flavors. And uh, they tried it, and they were easy to chew. They were soft and gooey, and, and my kids loved them. And uh, you know what? I also can take solace in the fact that, you know, it's packed with, with loads of protein and, and low sugar and, and low carbs. So they're not just getting empty, empty calories and empty carbs or anything like that. It's, you know, it's a treat for them, and they can see it as a treat. But it's also something that they can eat, and I don't have to worry about them, you know, um, eating eating all that junk food too. And, and it's a, it's a good solution for that. So um, 
they've been big this this uh, this month for across the entire Lockdown Podcast Network. And if uh, for our listeners, if you go to builtbar.com and use promo code Lockdown, you'll get ten dollars off your first order. Uh, that's locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com. Uh, yeah, Built Bar again. Like super soft, super velvety, easy to chew, amazing flavors. And, uh, you know, your kids will wonder what the heck you're eating, too, because, uh, you know, they, they look and taste exactly like a candy bar. So check them out. That's Built Bar. Welcome back to the show. It's Joe and Tony here from uh, ZoneCoverage.com uh, as your host here for Locked on Wild. And, Tony, um, kind of want to learn a little bit more about you. Let our listeners know because, uh, you know, we had a show prior to Locked on Wild called 10K Rings Radio, and before that it was the Hockey Wilderness Podcast. And, uh, you know, so we might have listeners that definitely came over from there that, that know uh, kind of uh, our backstories a little bit. But uh, for those that have jumped on new, I think maybe we should probably give them the, uh, the origin story of Tony. So, Tony, um, you're not originally from Minnesota, are you? The details of my life are very inconsequential. Very well, where do I begin? Uh, no, uh, I don't know. My story is kind of boring. I think uh, I was a, uh, um, I was a, uh, I was a Navy kid. So my dad lived in uh, in San Diego till uh, until I was fifteen. Then uh, then we moved up to uh, the Duluth area, Duluth, Minnesota area, and. Uh, you know, I followed the wild a little bit before moving up, um, but uh, but once I moved up, uh, you know, uh, this was this would have been like two thousand and five, okay. I think. So uh, around That's the, the year I graduated, <laughs> yeah. So uh, so you know, uh, being able to uh, to to read the paper every day and uh, and and catch up with the wild in the paper was uh was you know that that got me more into it and you know you're you're around so you're able to watch you know games on tv it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's really boring i have a really boring origin sure. story I yeah it's, like. it's fine was there a specific player or moment watching the minnesota wild that that finally got you hooked um i don't uh yeah, 2003 Western Conference Finals. Like okay, I was well, all in for the Wild with that. Like even though you know I was on the uh, halfway across the country for that. Sure. Um, still watched the games. I remember. Uh, I remember. Uh, I remember Colorado scoring first in <laughs> uh, in Game Seven in 2003. And freaking out because whoever scored first in the six previous games won the game. So I was like, "Ah, oh, no, we're gonna lose." <laughs> did you uh, did you wallow a little bit? N- no, I I think it was too fast paced. Like hockey's too fast paced to wallow in anything. Like mm-hmm. I I feel like unless you're just like down by a lot and clearly overmatched, but yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was that was probably what got me hooked with the uh, with the wild. Uh, did you have any uh, favorite players from kind of that early expansion era wild? Um, Rolston was a big Rolston, one. Yeah, uh, liked PMB. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, obviously you know Gabrick is is Gabrick. Uh, you you like to to see him because you knew that uh, every time he was on the ice, there was a chance of something really good happen. 
uh, happening. Um, the uh, the Rolston penalty shot, I remember <laughs> yeah. pretty clearly, uh, where he just like almost blasted a puck through the net, and, <laughs> uh, and honestly through the goalie. Um, that that's you know what, that's like my that, big Rolston moment that I, that stands out in my mind. You know what that Rolston slap shot reminds me of? Uh, what does it remind you of? On Dumb and Dumber, when um, they're they kind of um, Harry and uh, oh, I'm blanking on her name, but um, what's her name? It's gonna drive me nuts. But they're kind of wrestling around in the snow in the mountains, and they get into like a little bit of a snowball fight. And he's like six feet away from her, and he winds up with a snowball and just wails one at her. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's so funny because it's like, I mean, it, he is winding up on this like he's freaking Randall Cunningham, you know, and it, he's got the arm fully extended, and it just smokes her. And you know, he's all ready to get into it, you know, into like a, a full on like face wash and everything, and she just starts laughing at him because he's being ridiculous, but. Um, but yeah, the Ralston slap shot was like that snowball from six feet away, <laughs> uh, although so, much more hard because it's a vulcanized rubber puck. So what about you, Joe? What's, uh, what's your Minnesota wild Ooh. origin story? Cause you were, you were in the stuff from the beginning. I, I would feel like I was, yeah, I, uh, my origin story. So you're going to turn this on me now. I, um, I would say that like, so I remember specifically like my, it was like seventh or eighth grade and and it was during study hall. We used to get like the Star Tribune and I used to just lay the paper out and and read. And I remember seeing like the Jersey unveiled for this new team called the wild. And I remember like the, the team name voting and stuff like that, but I didn't really read the paper at that point. But I was like, okay, well, that's the jersey. I'm, I, this is when I really started to get kind of sort of excited for for a new NHL team in the, in the region uh, because I, I I remember that the North Stars were here. I saw, I know I went to a game, and I and I vaguely remember even a couple of things about the Met Center. But for the most part, like it had pretty much was mostly before my time, and. Um, so I was excited about the NHL team. I, I cut my teeth watching college hockey and, and that's kind of what, and so I, I got on board right away. And I remember the incredibly black looking, uh, dark green away jerseys for their first away game for their first game of their season. It was at the Anaheim mighty ducks and uh, Marion Gabrick and I'm scoring, I think the first goal for the franchise and they interviewed him either during intermission or after the game. And like, he couldn't speak a lick of English, you know, mm-hmm. um, as is, you know, he's an 18 year old kid from Trenton, Slovakia. And, and uh, just to kind of see what he became for the Minnesota wild in general. And then, um, you know, also the what if, but I was in pretty much right from the beginning. Um, I got goosebumps thinking of, uh, you know, the, the, the first home game against the Flyers, which they had a 3-3 tie. But uh, I think the game – so I got – my first game I went to was like my birthday, and I kind of got to see the experience of the goal horn and all that stuff, Exo Energy Center. I think still have, you can still smell the fresh paint. Um, but the, the, the part that really, like, got me is I actually got to be in attendance for the, uh, the first game against Dallas. 
Mm-hmm. And that uh, that atmosphere was electric. And, and even watching the game back recently, too, because I never really watched the full thing back um, until just this this last year uh, when they replayed it on FSN of, you know, back in April. The one goal that actually even vividly sticks out to me that I actually remember is the Darby Hendrickson goal. But even then, I just remember him scoring from basically like one knee. I don't even remember the pass or that Turk that um, uh, that Ed Belfour was uh, was even out of the net for that one. So like watching it back was like, oh my god, yeah. Now now I remember that, or now I remember this. But uh, I remember the chanting of Eddie, and that's really just kind of sucked me into wild hockey. Who was your guy? Oh, um, so you know, there was a lot of fun names to say on that expansion wild team. Um, there was like Sergei Krivokrasov. Um, were you an Alexander Dag guy? No, no. Um, but you know, those are just like the expansion players too. Um, I would say probably my favorite is, was, uh, Andrew Brunette. Okay, and that was yeah, even, yeah. and that was even before the, 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 the goal against Colorado. I just, I don't know. There was something about him. Everybody else liked either Darby because he was a local kid or Gabby because he was the, the high goal scorer. And I, for some reason, just gravitated towards Brunette because he, um, did a lot of the other things, you know, like the assists and, and got rewarded that way by working around the net. It's just something about his game. I just, I always liked because it was not nearly as flashy, but uh, it was, it was still a really solid game. Hmm. He's really like one of the, the few people who really did work around the net like that. It's, it's pretty much him and Parise, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I guess that was probably it for me. It was that Dallas game that really kind of sucked me in? Like, really, like wild hockey got its uh, its claws into me and kept me um, from going anywhere. So, yeah, that was probably my origin story, I suppose, into wild hockey. Like I said, I used to watch Golden Gopher hockey growing up, and that was kind of the big thing um, around here in those parts because it was one of the hotter hockey tickets in town. So. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's take another quick break, and then we'll come back, and we'll kind of talk about how we uh, got into into writing and covering the teams. So let's take a quick break. Uh, you're listening to Lockdown Wild, brought to you by Bill Bar. Welcome back to the show, your final segment for the week. It's Tony and Joe. We're uh, talking about kind of uh, our Minnesota Wild origin stories, I guess. Uh, now, Tony, you and I are both writers. We we now write for ZoneCoverage.com. Um, any listener that's out there, uh, if you're curious to read our our meanderings, our writings, and our opinions and analysis on the team, uh, you know, not so much in vocal form. Uh, you can definitely check out uh, and bookmark ZoneCoverage.com. And uh, we also have Giles Farrell and um, – and Drew Cove that's uh, on our wild staff as well. So check out their, check out all of their, their writings on zone coverage. So, um, Tony, you, okay. I'm going to rephrase it this way. Okay. Now you have had kind of like a history of like creative writing, correct? Before uh, you got into wild writing. 
I mean, a little bit. I, I think I, I got into wild writing when I was done in college and, or, yeah, done with college. And, mm-hmm. um, and like, I minored in writing in school, but, like, you know, I, like, it's not like I've, like, been, or it's not like I was published or anything like that uh, before then. Like, I never, like, wrote, right. like, a book. I, I wrote a one-act play. Uh, okay. but that never saw the light of day really. Um, sure. uh, so like, yes, some, but like not a ton either. I don't, I don't know. Did we, now you did some sketch comedy though, right? Um, I don't know if I was into the writing of sketch comedy then. Oh, okay. I, I, I think I performed it in the show that I was in at that time, but, uh, but I don't think that I, I was actually writing the sketches yet. Okay. So you said you majored in writing. Was that specifically just like minor technical yeah. writing? Oh. No, no, it was, it was, it was more creative writing. It was, oh, um, okay. yeah, it was, it, it was, you know, did stuff like, uh, wow. I'm trying to remember. Like I, <laughs> I, I know for sure that I, I took a, a, a memoir class, um, okay. I'm trying to think of what else. Um, uh, I took a screenwriting class. Okay. Um, yeah, but like, you know, like it wasn't like I was like prolific or anything like that. Right. No, but I mean, I didn't take any real writing classes aside, aside from like the composition courses that were mandated in college. So, mm, yeah. So I was a classically trained writer. <laughs> No, I mean, and like I, I, I'd, I'd have like some journalism classes too, and stuff like okay. that. So like, just kind of like, uh, like kind of had a toe in a lot of things, but like didn't like have any sort of like real major commitment to any one thing. Okay. So how did you actually get into writing? Um, not just not. I mean, the wild specifically, but like sports in general. Did you do any? sports writing prior to talking about the wild i'm trying to have your own blog maybe or anything like that Uh, i i did have a very crappy wordpress blog that uh that i had going on i think i would update it like maybe a couple times a month uh and like you know it was one of those things where like you know 20 people might read it like you know, didn't have any sort of like connection, uh, to, uh, to anything or anyone. Uh, but I read a lot that at the time, you know, like, uh, there was a lot of stuff going on with, um, I, I guess some of the, some of the old days of wild blogging where, um, where like I would read, uh, I, I remember, uh, I remember first round bust being the big thing there, um, mm-hmm. with, uh, with our friend Nate Wells and, uh, and Dan Trader, who is, yep. uh, a friend of, of us in a, in a previous form, uh, still a friend yeah. now, but like, uh, right. Nate's been on this iteration of Tony and Joe podcasting and Dan has, right. Yeah. Yeah. He has now. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they wrote a lot about wild prospects. I, I read Russo voraciously. Um, I, uh, I went to, uh, the Espionation wild site, uh, pretty frequently. I'm trying to re- remember. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. Um, but uh, they were looking for help at SB Nation's uh, wild site, 
and they're like, okay, uh, we need someone to do these linked up articles. And like, uh, Joe and I at this point know how much of a pain those are. Uh, and we are, and, uh, and I just said, uh, Hey, I'll do it. Uh, and then the guy who's in charge at the time was like, all right, well, you're doing this. So, uh, real, real informal. Okay. So, and I want to, I want you to kind of wrap that up because then you got, then you start, then you wrote there and then you, somehow you got to the athletic. Oh, uh, and I'm not going to say somehow because you definitely deserved, um, I thought you deserved it, but it was kind of a, a climb there. There's a couple different stops in between there too, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, a few, like I, I wrote obviously for hockey wilderness for, uh, quite mm-hmm. a while. Um, I, uh, for a few months I wrote at, uh, a site called, I don't know if it still exists even, but, uh, today's slap shot. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if that exists anymore. Um, but, uh, but I wrote, uh, there with, uh, with, uh, Carolyn Wilkie, uh, mm-hmm. as my editor. Um, and, uh, that was, uh, that was a good time, uh, writing, you know, stuff over there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, just, uh, just, uh, the, the thing, uh, with, uh, with getting onto the athletic wasn't too dissimilar from me getting out with Hockey Wilderness. Sure. I, uh, just shot Russo an email saying, like, hey, like, uh, I can, I can, I, I can do stuff if you want me to do stuff, uh, and it's cool. <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah." So I guess <laughs> it's uh, a, a lot of this stuff is really boring. I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, my story is kind of boring too, but yeah. Well, uh, let's uh, let, let's hear you because I don't know if I've ever heard like exactly like how Jeez. you found your way to hockey. So. Movies. So, like I said, I, I actually never really liked writing papers in general. And um, here I am basically writing a paper a week. So, um, but what happened was, is uh, I kind of stumbled over like a Facebook group where we kind of would talk about stuff that happened during the game the previous day. And, um, there was a, a person there that uh, officially like announced that he was joining hockey wilderness. And so I started like, okay, I, I didn't really know what that was. That Facebook group ended up folding as, as uh, Facebook started changing their stuff around. Was that Aaron? Uh, JS Landry. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of cool. I was like, Hey, this guy's from, from, you know, new, uh, I think it was new Brunswick, Canada. And spoke French. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, anyways, so I uh, I ended up starting to go to Hockey Wilderness a little more frequently. I'm um, just kind of checking in on some of the articles here and there. Never really participated in in the comments or anything like that. And then um, I think it was right around the time of the transition to Emily. She was looking for some help. And I used to go to the um, the prospect uh, development camps. Oh yeah, and and I would just like post on my own Facebook, like, yeah, this player, this is what I think of this player. What I think he does pretty good. Uh, I remember Mikhail Granlin being in that, um, and I would just kind of make my own little thread. 
And my uh, one of my friends was like, "Like, dude, you should start a blog." And I was like, <laughs> "I don't really want to start a blog like that. I don't even know what to do. I'm not really a blogger. That's so millennial type avocado toast crap, you know." <laughs> um, and uh, and the but more my I mom thought doesn't about even it, have a basement. Right, exactly. I don't have a kimono. Um, uh, and I'm too fat to be wearing one. But uh, but anyways, yeah, so I just was like, I gave it more thought. And I thought uh, if she was looking for some help, maybe I could try to use the development camp thing to, one, meet the, meet the people that were going to be there and um, see if I can do like a guest post kind of. And uh, that was my door in. And she eventually asked me if I wanted to do more of a full-time thing. So I jumped on right before the, uh, the 13, 14 season. And, uh, by the end of, or by the end of the season, um, again, after uh, they got swept by not swept, but after they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, I was, uh, and you with you, it was the, uh, the site manager of hockey wilderness. And I did that for six years. And, um, I, basically had no idea what I was doing, but I thought what we were doing was doing, it was very good. Um, eventually it, uh, the, the job in general became a lot to do with, uh, three kids and a full-time job. And so I ended up leaving that. And, um, you know, it was uh, just prior to this year that, uh, I, um, had the itch to still write because we were still podcasting and I wanted to have uh, still kind of an outlet for, for written thoughts. And I, and it's when I, uh, kind of, uh, reached out to Tom Schreier of, uh, zonecoverage.com and, uh, hooked up with zone coverage. So I am that's reading, real boring. <laughs> I'm reading one of my, uh, one of my old like articles, like back from 2013 at hockey wilderness and like, Oh my okay. God, this is hard to read. <laughs> it's, it's rough, isn't it? It's uh it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Like I learned a lot about headline writing and things like that um, from from doing that. And I, I did learn a lot and I got into like the numbers and, and how to traffic and uh, all the traffic numbers and analytics and things like that. And I really liked that part of it. But managing people, um, I can do it. But it's tough when you weren't really getting paid a ton. So, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, if I wanted to do it right, it could have been a full-time job, but uh, it was tough to do it, uh, do that, and do a, uh, and have a full-time job at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, that was kind of our uh, our origin story. Um, I guess now that we're into this uh, this podcast, this iteration of Tony and Joe on, on the mics. Um, now it's kind of nice, kind of fun to, to look back at kind of where you came from. Again, I didn't really have like a formal writing thing at all, so mm-hmm. let alone even in college like you did. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know how fun it is. I'm actually reading this stuff there. <laughs> the classically trained writer. The Anyways, Tony, on this page is just garbage. <laughs> all right, Tony. Um, well, where can we find you on Twitter and also all of your stuff? You can find me on Twitter at oh hi Tony. You can find my writing at zonecoverage.com slash wild. And, uh, and I promise I, I have improved over the last several, seven years. <laughs> I sure hope so. 
You would, you uh, would, wouldn't you? You would uh, hope so. Yeah, I would hope so. Yep. I. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JoeBoo15, and also all of my work on uh, on zoneverge.com. I have an article that came out talking about loading up the first line uh, with Kaprasov and Fiala. So check that out. That'll do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked On Wild. You can get in touch with us via email. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Drop us a line and say hello during this quarantine or now that you're getting out and about again. And also support our sponsor, Built Bar. Remember to use that promo code Locked On for $10 off your first purchase. Thank you for listening to Locked On Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day. We'll be right back.